Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of You Can't Do That Anymore, a movie podcast where we look back on old movies and find the problematic issues or if things haven't aged well or anything that in 2020 might need a little cleaning up. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz. With me are my co-hosts, Terrence Tatum. Hello. And Anastasia Washington. Hello. I was trying to do Terrence. Nobody can do Terrence. I... I feel so bad for anyone who listens to any podcast with Terrence and I, because they're like, why is this child with this baritone man? <laughs> and we're joined with a very special guest today, the co-host of the Hysterical Podcast with our own Anastasia. She also co-hosted Cocktails with Stan Lee and is a consulting writer on many books. Jenna Bush is here. How Hello. Are you? See, I tried it too. Didn't work, but I tried. Thank you. I think that was Hello. the closest we've had. Yeah, I, I just, if it, if it helps, what I, I did a short Star Wars film a thousand years ago, and it was called Our Wars because it was Star Wars with pirates. <laughs> and they wouldn't let me say R because I sound like a Yorkie. Ah. So, yeah. Well, so I, I need I, to find this. <laughs> oh, you can't. <laughs> she made sure you page. can't find it. <laughs> you best start believing in Star Wars with pirates. <laughs> Yorkie. There you go. <laughs> and this week, we are picking one of my favorite movies of all time, Back to the Future. And it's uh, many weird problems <laughs> that aren't even hidden. This movie is riddled with things that when you just look at it from even a distance, you're like, wait a minute. Um, but before we get into all of that, I want to ask everybody, and I'll start with Jenna, what was your first experience with Back to the Future, and how did you feel about it then? Okay, so I saw this in the theater, <laughs> because I am not 20, and um, I loved it. At the t- yeah, <laughs> no, no, none of us are 20, but I, I, was, I was, I'm old enough to have seen it in the theater, and I was a kid, so I thought, I thought it was really fun. But even then, there were a couple of things that stuck out. But, but I think that when we were watching films in the 80s, there was a lot of stuff that was problematic for, say, women, because I am one, so I figure I can say this. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I would get annoyed as a kid if just the only women in the movie were just draped over the male lead, or they didn't have anything to say, or they had to do certain things. And there, there are little moments where you're like, oh, I'm uncomfortable with that. But because it's the norm and what you're used to seeing, it's a big deal. I actually remember um, how much Princess Leia meant to me because there was a a character that went in and saved the guys and all of that stuff. So there were things that like poked at me a little, but I accepted them because overall the movie was really fun. Anastasia? Um, I actually saw it um, during the Stonehenge um, era. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I'm older than you. Yes, yes. It was was actually um, projected on Stonehenge. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. Um, I actually don't remember where I saw it because I think I was two when it came out, but I do remember seeing it like on beta or something at home. So I feel like it would be at a at home viewing um, with my family. Um, I don't. I remember thinking it was fun. I don't remember thinking it was my favorite of all time. I thought it was fun. Um, I was more of an enemy minds kind of girl. I saw this definitely on VHS. Uh, so when it first came out, I was like four or five. Okay, VHS. Um, I saw. Not beta. I'm not that old. No, um, I saw saw it on VHS. Laser disc. (laughs) No, I saw it on VHS. um, And I remember, uh, because I had an older brother who's 15 years older than me, so he would introduce me to everything. And I just remember us watching both one and two on VHS back to back. Like we owned both of them. I would have this Rolodex of VHS things and I would pull out Back to the Future and that's how we watched them. And I remember loving it. I was absolutely adored. Like, I love anything that blends genres. Ghostbusters is one of my favorite films, too. But when you start doing comedy and sci-fi or comedy and horror and all that stuff, I'm, I'm all in. A lot of the issues that happened with this film, I was unaware of or ignorant to because I am a 
guy. You have a penis. Therefore, you are unaware. And therefore, I just didn't see them. Because uh, I was like, oh, this is fun. It's, how we, it's that's penis how we blindness. It is. Like, oh, Jesus. It <laughs> happens all the time. It gets in your way. <laughs> just move. I, gotta, I would assume that without a penis, I would have had a much higher GPA in high school. <laughs> I would have focused more in college. Yeah. All those things are probably true. <laughs> yes. And then rewatching this to the, the, today, I was like, "Oh God, yep, this definitely this that penis got in the way on this one. My bad, my bad, ladies. I am so sorry." <laughs> so I, yeah, I myself found it. We took a trip to Universal Studios when I was really young, and I didn't really know movies yet. And so it was this kind of weird thing where we would go to the theme park and then go to the hotel, and my mom or my dad would be like put on one of the movies so he understands the rides received. Like that's what I got like Terminator, E.T., Back to the Future. And I want to say it was TBS would just run the entire trilogy yeah, all the time. <laughs> and I would just catch it constantly. And I loved skateboarding. I loved like 80s and 50s aesthetics. And I fell in love with this movie so hard. I also was like a slacker in school. So when they were like- This movie is, it's the Blake Schultz story. Well, (laughs) there's some things I didn't do. Blake, you went back in time to make out with your mom? (laughs) No, that's where it gets a little weird. You shouldn't do that. (laughs) You should not. (laughs) But it was definitely one of those movies that I saw enough that like by the 10th viewing, I was like, wait a minute. Why is that dude in that tree? And I was still young enough to be like, yo, dad, this dude's in this tree checking out this girl. What's up with that? And my dad would be like, (laughs) he becomes Brooklyn or some type of new East coaster. He's like, my child is very problematic. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I brought him to Kentucky once. He hated it. He's been trying to do this other accent. It's not working. Uh, But he was like, well, you know, uh, I guess, and I will never forget it because he was like, I don't know, maybe that's how some people meet. I don't want to explain to you that this is just a bad character. I don't know that that was a good... Meet that way. Oh no. But then he was like, but you shouldn't do this. It was that, like, this really weird (laughs) parenting moment where he was like, I don't know why it's in the movie, just don't do it. (laughs) Fair enough. It shouldn't have worked. He should have fallen out of that tree, been hit by a car and and not gotten up. (laughs) But like, and and that's where it like starts, right? That's where you start being like, hmm. Then there's also the weird thing of like, well, we just kept Biff around. I mean, sure, he tried to do horrible things, but I but still... now he works on cars and it's cool. And he works on cars, it's fine. I guess the part today <laughs> where I don't know how I had never seen it before. My uh, the man eyes just happened. The part today, I was like, wait a minute. So you guys mean to tell me that the plan you have to get them together is that you need to go into this car and sexually assault your mother. Yeah. Yep. That was one of the things when I first watched it that I was like, Mm-mm-mm-mm. but luckily you can't, you don't, you can't do it. But luckily there's a second guy that is willing and able. That will come in and fill in the part because you, it got weird. She starts like, well, you might be related to me. This is a little weird. So this other guy was going to tag in and be like, Got it. I got the sexual assault from And then when guys. we go into the dance, like there's another guy that's just like, I also would like to sexually assault you. <laughs> but, but, you know, it is a charming film. <laughs> like, what? I just... <laughs> it's amazing how well this movie succeeds despite these insane concepts. Because I think even as a kid, a part of me was like, well, yeah, I mean, if you beat up the guy who tries to attack her, she would probably have a conversation with you. Like the logic in my brain was like, okay, sure. That's one way to talk to a person. She's not in real danger. And then the real danger shows up. I mean, that was like a full on sexual assault. Like I watched it with my mom. His his hand is up her dress. Yeah, her legs are up in the air. Like I, I I watched it with my mom to day um for the first time in forever and my mom was like this is bad like everybody is seeing this violence the sexual assault like open out in the open and nobody's saying anything and she goes why wouldn't anybody say anything and i was like mom as victims of sexual assault and of bullying and of abuse when did anybody speak up and she was like mm-hmm. all right you're right it's realistic 
Yeah, and also like that was such a trope of '80s films. Like if and uh, well, not just '80s, all the way back through the '50s, which is you know what we're looking at here as well as the '80s. But yeah. there's always a if I punch this guy, she will love me. This is logic, right? And then or like I'm masculine. Yeah, yeah. or um. Or maybe I can pretend to have this nerd as my girlfriend or boyfriend, therefore we'll fall in love. You know, if I do the cool thing, then they'll love me. If I'm Sandy in Greece, if I wear the, the super tight outfit, then everyone will think I'm cool. Like, it's It is it's a, trope. Such a trope. Yeah. I will say one of the shocking things that happened to me uh, watching this was um, when they used a term that so many people... Uh, do not say they they know is a bad term for black people but yet I was like but this is one of your favorite movies so every time I say that spook is a bad word for black people and you say I'm ignorant of this I didn't know your favorite movie says it loud and clear clear. that's the first time i heard that somehow i managed to completely i think my brain just like shut that off like nope you don't want to hear that so let's keep going on (laughs) didn't for completely forgot that was in the movie until i watched and i was like hold on right spook is just out Uh here in the open in a comedy in a pg-85 comedy what Uh is happening right now well i i we could talk for hours about why this movie shouldn't be pg alone but even like there's a there's a scene, and even when I was a kid, it was another like moment where my parents were like, "So here's the thing," and I because they had this whole scene where they're all like doing music for the school and smoking outside the car, and these white people are like, "I don't want to mess with no reefer addicts," and I remember being like, "Hey mom, what's a reefer addict?" And they were like, "Oh, it's marijuana," and for some reason they're using jazz stereotypes in not the fifties part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I had to be like, I don't get it. And my mom and dad had to be like, okay, so here's the thing. There are racists and there are stereotypes. And it was so weird to, like, every time I revisited this movie, there was something else where I was like, oh, I still like it, though. Yeah, but I think that the most angering thing about that situation to me is that so many people feign ignorance about this term. (laughs) I'm just like but you got a Marty McFly shirt on. So you know, you know. (laughs) It's tied so closely to like being spooky at Halloween that most people are like, it's not a bad word. It's, 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 it's scaring people. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yes, that's part of the problem. (laughs) Make sure to put a Y on it, you know? Yeah. But don't put a Y on black. Cover the bases. I think these are, this is good advice. We should have a shirt. (laughs) Take the Y, put the Y on. Not here. But here. here. (laughs) And don't say the and add an S to black as well. That's a word that's, it's like minesweeper, where if you hit the bubble and there's no Y after, you're like, ah, you lost. But if there's that Y. Yeah. Uh I mean, there's an amazing, there's an amazing sketch by uh, Richard Pryor about terminology. Everyone should watch it, where he does a word association. I think everyone should watch that. I grew up watching that. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) So Jenna, we've, we've talked a little bit about all of the the sprinkles on this cupcake of it. Oh, such a cupcake! I I want to start with kind of your thoughts on the the voyeurism and why that was even in the movie. Because I feel like fifties, mm-hmm. eighties, and even at the time the movie was made in the eighties, this was not okay. <laughs> well, okay, so there's there's not okay and there's not okay. There's the okay where you do something and people condemn you, and then there's the okay the not I mean the not okay when people say um all boys will be boys so and and here's the thing so the dad comes out sees him on the tree branch looking and he's like oh this happens all the time should it though and as as a father of a daughter should you, you not know be where concerned? your daughter's room is and like right. i know what's happening now cut down that branch <laughs> just do the or install curtains I don't know. There are simple solutions. There's a lot this. of solutions. My dad put up rose bushes all near our windows. <laughs> oh, see, I had a creep. When I moved into um, a house when I was 12, I had a creepy neighbor who could see into my bedroom. So you know what blinds I never opened? 
the ones on that window. But it was a, it was one of those things where somebody, they say, oh, it's just a peeping Tom. You give it a cutesy name, then it's no big deal. But what it is is someone spying on you and stalking you, and that's not cool. Invading so, your privacy, yeah. 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 Even here, yeah, like, when Marty was like, oh, he's a peeping Tom, and he says it in a cute, like, he used that, that cute term, and he says yeah. it in a way that is like, oh, it's a throwaway. And it never is brought up again. I'm like, this guy, there's something wrong with him. I always yeah. interpreted that delivery as Marty being, like, disappointed though yeah. that he's like oh my god you're a peeping but Tom? it was a little more casual than that i feel like i think it was casual yeah. only because in his brain it's his dad peeping on his mom so overall he's okay with it but as us a story like, like this guy doesn't know her yet so like what, what is happening here yeah like, just you're nasty and I, in a way like if you think about like when you're <laughs> script writing like what are the what is what do you want from every line like what reaction are you trying to get and i think that line is specifically put there to oh my parents were real people because that's one of the things that you get out of this movie is that oh your parents were kids one time too but this still doesn't make it okay I'm a tree and stare into someone's bedroom. It doesn't. But I do, I am disturbed by the father's reaction because when my dad caught a peeping Tom in my window, he chased him down the fucking block, dude. Like, <laughs> he was like gonna kill this dude. And I was like, you're a black man and you can't kill him. Well, there's yeah. like, it's so strange to me because I feel like they really wanted to hammer in that George McFly was like a loser and no one wanted to be with him and that he needed this like giant makeover that really isn't in the movie. Mm -hmm. Like they kind of are like, well, you know, he, he just, he lies on the ground for Biff and he can't even talk to a girl. And he's also a peeping Tom. And he's like, he gets <laughs> uncomfortable when he like touches a bra and a string. And the whole, I think the joke is supposed to be like, Marty's cool. How did this happen? Or that it really is supposed to be what the principal says of like your entire family sucks, kid. Well, I think there's a difference between a loser and somebody that is basically doing predatory behavior and that's my point is that they've they've like merged the two things to be like right he's a loser who does illegal things and you're supposed to be like what a loser he's spying on right um, like because he's an incel that's what he that's what it is <laughs> and it is like if you're a stalker, you are a loser. You're also committing a felony. Right. I mean that too. Yeah. yeah it's like a yeah. it's like a little bit of a double thing. Yeah. And once again, I think one of the things that it does is it takes the the female character in the film, the female main character, and makes her an object to be one saved, attacked. You know, it's even just the little thing like in the beginning. And this stuck out to me though. I never noticed it when I saw the movie before. The thing that stuck out to me is Marty's walking with his girlfriend at the beginning of the movie and a girl, another girl goes by and he stares oh, at it and he watches her go yeah, by. The, the girl oh. in yoga pants, and he like rubbernecks completely. Oh yeah, it's like the meme. And she just it's grabs his face meme. and he's like, ha ha ha. And I was like, no, I would yeah, be smacked in the face. Oh, hell no. <laughs> you going to do that in front of me? Right. <laughs> but like, you go follow her because I'm not your girlfriend anymore. Yeah, so... <laughs> So all of it, I think, takes every female character and they just, just like, like, I think every film that says, like, I've fallen in love with this guy because he punched the guy who was attacking me, takes away, like, oh, maybe I could, you know, decide for myself whether or not I like somebody. No. It is nothing, not because of one thing that they did. I'm not saying it's never happened in all of history. I'm sure it has, but... But it's sort of like all the all the '80s movies that were saying like, well, it it doesn't matter. Like if I if I do this thing right, she will fall in love with me. It's not her, her agency is not hers. Right, it's not it's, her choice. It's the, yeah, the way it's this, this a routine. If I hit these if I hit these points, exactly. she will like me. Well, yes. they also made her like a vapid horn dog. I'm just like, I was like, oh yeah, so desperate. And the breathy voice that that bothered me the first time I saw it when she's like. <gasps> Marty. Yeah, she's a perv. Well, yeah, she like they, takes off his pants. Takes his pants off. Well, well, that's the other. <laughs> where I was like, why, like, how did he's undressed? Why is his pants off? The dad's <laughs> a peeping Tom, and she's like assaulting him. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> it's just that, and it's. I feel like the whole thing was kind of almost supposed to be like all of these people are bad, but history's gonna change, and then they don't change it. <laughs> <laughs> Because then, I mean, my, and we're not talking about the sequels, but I, I want to bring it up because you, you mentioned the female characters and they literally leave his girlfriend on a bench 
for the next two movies Just in gone. a neighborhood with barred windows. And the entire time they're like, Doc, I got to get back. And he's like, Marty, don't worry. Time will change around <laughs> her. And, and worst case scenario, Marty, we go back in time and we get you a new Jennifer. I'm a sorry, better Jennifer. what? They did. So, they no, did, like, they so, like, her. So here's the thing, like, and I'm sitting here watching this first one and like, and it ends with the button going into the second one. And my brain was like, I don't remember her in any of the other sequels. And I'm like, wait, Elizabeth Shue was a part of these movies after the fact. What? What is happening here? I don't yeah. remember her now that brings... That reminds me, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. They just left her there. So wait, yeah, and she was a different actress in the second movie. Right. And you're so like, she's oh, in what? the car in the end of the movie. Yes. And so where they leave her where? So, so the, they, yeah. they go into the future. Right. And then they're like, oh, Biff has stolen the book. We have to go change everything. And Jennifer starts being like, I met my future self and oh my God and Marty, it's all bad. So they just like knock her out and uh -huh. leave her on a bench in front of the house. Yep. And for the next two films, mm. Marty's that like, Doc, what about Jennifer? And he's just like, Marty, 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 nothing matters but you, me, and time. You see, <laughs> I have a strict set of rules, Marty. However, as the movies progress, I will get looser and looser with those rules <laughs> until I have a flying train <laughs> and a woman I've abducted from the Wild West. So they you see, knock Marty. Her out. Who knocks her out? I I'm pretty sure the dog. Just... Now they also leave the dog. <laughs> Yeah, they do. I they was do. so worried about or this I dog said. the whole time. Can I just tell you? I was time, very time will change around oh her, God. Marty. Oh, my God. Anastasia and I have talked about yeah. this numerous times. I cannot watch movies that have animals in them because I know it's something nice. bad is going to happen to them. So yep. yeah, I've similar. told this story yep. on other podcasts, but I'm going to tell it for Jenna because I love it. And if we have new listeners, they'll love it too. <laughs> I saw the movie Independence Day in, was it 94? I was five. And they've got that dog. <laughs> and I looked at my dad and I was like, dad, is anything going to happen to this dog? To which my dad said, we don't hurt animals in movies, Blake. It would be wrong. And I said, okay. He then also added that it was un-American. He was like, <laughs> we would never do it. It's un-American. And then weeks later, we saw another hit 90s alien invasion film called Mars Attacks, mm -hmm. which has a golden retriever, which is the kind of dog I owned growing up. And the entire time was like, that dog's safe. Do you know what happens to the dog in Mars Attacks? It is not safe. <laughs> but also, did and your dad look... ever watch Old Yeller or and I looked at my dad in Mars Attacks and he just looked at me as if he also remembered the advice and he was like, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's terrible. I, yeah, I can't. I, I, if I see an animal in a trailer, I won't watch the movie. I have not seen John Wick because of this. Oh, I mean, that's, to, that's the... I mean, that's it the is so long. The, the, Wait, you covered it for me, oh, didn't you? I made you do that. It was, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but you met the dog. I met, met the, dog. the dog. I got to pet the dog. But I will yeah. say, like, I closed my eyes during most of it, and then my friend was like, open your eyes now because it's over. Open my eyes, and then there was a click and a cry, and I was like, that is actually not over. Now it's oh. over. But luckily in Back to the Future, Einstein was fine. But I was worried Einstein when he went fine. to the future and he came back, I was <laughs> like, stop putting this dog through trial. I know, I know, I know. No, there should be no pets in films ever. So the, the next thing I want to ask you about, Jenna, because you, you articulated it so well in the article you wrote. This is a movie where we go back to the 50s and we go, look how bad the 50s were. <laughs> And you made the excellent point in this article of we have an African-American character who's told he won't be much and then is mayor. We never see him as the mayor, no, though. We see his name. Poster board on a bus go by, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, and, and we only remember this because it's an interesting name, because it's Goldie. And I, because I remember looking at that, and I was like, they're showing me this for a reason. Why are they showing me this sign? So... I was very into symbolism when I was a kid. I don't know. I, I watched The Lost Boys, and there's this thing where a kid comes in to Max, and Max gives him a green lollipop. 
which is the go green is go and then the mom comes in he gives her a red lollipop and he tries to keep her i'm sorry that's what happens no i could do this with you forever i get so (laughs) into colors and symbols yeah when they started Jessica Jones and I was like, the whole oh. hotel is purple. She's under his control. <laughs> yeah. And my ex was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, it's purple. Are you not paying attention to the wall? <laughs> purple man, purple man. We'll have to Were you watching the actors as well? Like a fool? Because there's so no, many no, problems, but also I'm in. <laughs> Those yes. walls but can't talk. So there's a, there's a lot of symbolism, but... But no, you know, it's funny watching this. So the reason I wrote this article is um, I, we were looking at um, anniversaries and it was the 35th anniversary. So, and I wrote this article, I should say, for the cherrypicks.com. So if, uh, so when I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, wow, we're going 30 years backwards in time. And I'm watching this from 35 years ahead. So I'm ha- I have a very similar amount of time to look back at the 80s and the 80s aside from the fact that the haircuts were very very bad very or bad. very very good depending on your aesthetic for me not so great look it's only because um, of quarantine i'll get it cut one day <laughs> I- no you know what i'm growing out my bangs right now so I, I i feel you but i but i i think it was really weird to look back at the 80s and feel and think about like what we accepted and what we wouldn't because the thing is overall it's a really fun story in theory the story works really well. And there are so many things that are funny in the movie and so many things that are entertaining, but there are certain things that you just, you can't look back at it. And, you know, it's interesting. I was reading, I'm rereading this book from Anne McCaffrey, which is how I got into fantasy back in the late seventies. And um, some of the things that she writes are seriously problematic time-wise. And, but I've been reading it again and again over the years. So I've watched my own thoughts change. So looking at this in the 80s and, you know, it wasn't like they were nefariously saying like, oh, we're going to put this thing in and it's going to make people uncomfortable. It was just acceptable. It was perfectly acceptable, much like that opening shot. I know I mentioned this in the article, but it's a thing that bothered me about going back to any movies from the 80s that are very, very slow, where the whole entrance is like music playing and then you see sneakers and then you see legs and then you see butt and then you see vests. And all the, like, they're going to do some big reveal of who this is. He's on the posters. We know who this is. Like, what are you trying to... Yeah, so, they'll, like, hide the, they'll hide the air character so you won't see him for, like, the first, like, a good three minutes. Like, we all know, we've seen all the ads. We know also, who. why are we looking at his butt? Like, why? Is he, he's a little white boy butt and some weird jeans. Let's get move on. <laughs> but it's so odd that, like, they're establishing shots. They're like, here's a can of Pepsi and... Here's a Calcan dog food, which God, I'm old enough to remember. And they, it, cause, yeah, because they, they, the commercial had a can and then a blue vitamin. And they're like, it's like getting a vitamin in every can. And the, the thing would like melt into the can. It was very weird. Advertising obviously worked on me. I remember it all these years later. But, but I definitely but, feel like this does exist in a hyper 80s world. Because like the whole concept of like a music montage playing and it's like, oh, cool. If a music montage plays, oh, yeah. then I can ride my skateboard and hitch on illegally to a bunch of people's uh, trucks. Which, and by the way, the crap out of me. Yeah. I definitely <laughs> tried to do when I was oh, skateboarding a lot. It's not gonna go well, but I will say that kind of intro is not too long. I'm like, we still kind of have those intros. Like, that's how I was taught to do it in film school. Is they were like, you have to do a Back to the Future style intro that's gonna show us the theme, style, and the character without speaking. Do you remember the last Die Hard? Do you remember the last Die Hard film? The fifth Die Hard movie? Yeah. No. I, I don't remember to. anything after three. I actively try not to. Although well, like there was four. like this slow motion up his shoes, up to his butt, which I actually would like to thank the cinematography. <laughs> well, Anastasia, you have to do that when you're introducing Bruce Willis now because you only get him for like a day. It was Jai oh, Courtney. Courtney. <laughs> yeah, Courtney. Oh. oh, well, there's other reasons yep. you do that. You okay. can only hold on to your franchise so long before he shows up and ruins it. <laughs> my bond girl moment <laughs> let me have it it's true but i'm just but, saying but, we still use it <laughs> oh all the time yeah, opportunity look up look at this book like, that's you know i'm already into this movie i'm great it's great <laughs> it was just so weird because i was like is this gonna be eric stoltz like 
No, because he got replaced. <laughs> he did Poor get Eric. replaced. Poor oh. Eric. There's a, there's a world. There's a Back to the Future world where Eric got to play Marty. I know. All right. It's now, but he did. Didn't he film it some scenes? He did, and you the movie. See them. He did like forty percent of the film. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really, really it's dark. Weird. But obviously, yeah. if we do Back to the Future 4, we need a multiverse-type situation. <laughs> oh, where hell we yeah. we have an Eric Stoltz guy. Hell yeah. Yeah, and like, I... <laughs> I have a very depressing Back to the Future pitch. It's not important right now. No, by the way, did you ever see John Mulaney's, like, Back to the Future pitch? It's very funny. Oh, it's in one yeah. one of the stand-up specials, yeah. So, but, you know, it's funny. The, the skateboard thing, um, you know, he, start, he invents skateboarding because, of course, he did. Like that sort of thing, I don't think I could buy from Eric Stoltz. And yeah. weirdly no. enough, as that first shot happens where he's hitching rides in the film, I I lived on the East Coast when the movie first came out, and I live on the West Coast now, and so I recognize the street that that's on. I'm so close to it. Oh my god! Okay, so you know it too. I know the it so well. <laughs> the old Toys oh R Us. The old Toys R Us. Gonna be an Aldi now. <laughs> first friday jeff and i waited online there and it was great oh is yeah. it is it still a halloween superstore what's happened to it no it's it's, it's becoming an aldi and then the yeah. other part of it is still a burger king and then there's a hobby lobby which is problematic if you're not in if you're not in california that street exists we all live very close to it mm. and i do hum the power of love every single time i turn on to it i do now but I did not know that street when, when I first it, it. That's when, when it he hunts every me. time he drives, anyway. Oh. <laughs> no, it's usually just Blink-182 or Eminem. <laughs> I'm a pretty basic guy. I listen to a lot of music, but those are the two easy targets. I just imagine you're, like, driving along, you know, talking, like, you know, speaking all Eminem-like, and then, you know, we interrupt this broadcast because we're- Where are you? power <laughs> <laughs> record that <laughs> sorry em i have to turn this down <laughs> i'm sorry slim you know, shady <laughs> most most of my playlists go from like you know my mom is awful lose yourself into the music and then there's the next song is like but why didn't you care about me in high school and that's just my life just on both sides of the spectrum just like all the it's just too damn loud, which brings us back to, back to the future. <laughs> too damn uh, loud. So Jenna, it's got yeah. this laundry list that we've now talked about of issues, but why does it still succeed? Because I mm. don't think the narrative here is throw the movie out. I think we're all in agreement that it's still great. It's an 80s classic. So what is it doing that makes it succeed? Um, I think... If you're so like, I love time travel. I love it in books, movies, TV. I'm a big Doctor Who fan, but I like it best when it's simple. Because when you try to explain it to me, I'm like, look, here's the thing. I'm not a scientist. I don't get it. So just tell me the the giggle. Tell me the gigawatts and just go. So I think part of the appeal. Also, that people it's creating it. You don't know either. No, you don't know either because there's no time. No, no, Anastasia, you don't understand. It means that this <laughs> thing doesn't work. <laughs> The movie doesn't work unless time travel works. So we got the we got our first female doctor. Everybody, people are like, you women can't time travel. It's not a, a real thing. It's <laughs> fake. It's all <laughs> fake. It's their periods. It throws off the time travel. No, it messes everything up. You can't so just I... travel with a vagina. <laughs> no, no, no. Those don't move through time. Everything else those stay there. But but I think I think part of you feel is that it's such a simple story. Like it's it's really cute, and you you go um, you go you've got this buddy who is forty or eighty. You can't really tell. So you you've got also wondering. an interesting yeah. relationship right there. Yeah. Well, it's where Rick and Morty comes from. Like I I now watch this movie with my roommate, and we'll both like smoke a little bit or drink a little oh. bit and we'll each look at each other and be like so hear me out what if like it was marty and ah, oh, it's just rick and morty yeah, it's, it's, but they never explain it they never like at least rick no. and morty it's explained to us why they have a relationship we have it no is. intro into why they are friends Wait, are it's like friends? quick it's it's very like fast of like oh this doctor's been defamed and marty just goes there 
because yeah. nobody likes him or something. Because yeah, you definitely wouldn't like a guy who looked like that in that. No, they're doing the what I call yeah. the Peter Parker problem uh-huh. of like of look at this nerd who gets bullied and his chiseled jaw and his abs. And I'm like, yeah. that man would not be bullied. Yeah. I would know I was the opposite of looking like that when I was in high school. And <laughs> well, I was his dad did become Willard who had those rats, uh-huh. you know? True. Look, his dad's a loser. Yeah. We covered yeah, that's, this. That's Alex P. Keaton. There's nothing loserish about about. Yeah, <laughs> like it just, it was such odd casting. Like that I buy Eric Stoltzmore as, lo- as a loser, but so, you know, he's got this weird older-ish friend and they they go back and they change things and then they save his family and apparently he invents rock music and then they come back. Very simple. I was very weird. I was like, did he create, Bar- he, did the Marvin Barry was like, yo, I got some, this white dude is creating rock and roll right now. I'm like, wait a minute, that's a Yeah, that's you should correct. steal this from him. <laughs> Let's let's first use a really derogatory term. Just drop that and then steal and then steal the music. Steal rock music from black people again. And then say they stole it from a white kid. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Does that not encapsulate the world like it is? Like most time travel stories, this movie begs a lot of questions that if you answer it, it falls apart. For instance, these parents are never like, hey, you had a son who looks exactly like that guy who helped us out. Uh-huh. There's Wearing never... the same vest that you wear all the time? Like, yeah. <laughs> he's never like, oh, I'm just gonna... I listened to the guitar riff through a phone mm-hmm. and have now created a genre. Yes. There's, there's never any, like, all of these just weird little moments, especially when we get back to the Wild West, where suddenly it's like, oh God, yeah. Doc Brown has thrown out every rule. He has created sniper rifles. Uh-huh. He's hiding the DeLorean. He's fallen in love and decided it doesn't matter, which starts in the first movie when he's like, Marty, I told you, we can't know too much about our own future. And then he gets there and he's like, but then I said, but then I said, I don't like dying. <laughs> it's another sequel, you guys. Rules matter not. I, I love the movie a ton. I can't stress that enough, but I've always found it funny that I'm like, so wait, why did he check the note? And they're just like, he just did. Yeah. There's no, that's literally the only reason. Like nothing in his brain clicked or said, said something. He's just like, I just said, I'm not going to die. So I'm just going to check this, see what this kid talked about. Put these pieces back together and, uh, oh, what I mean, what it, it is. Wouldn't that be like if the next Captain America movie, if instead of like old Cap showing up and handing him the shield, Cap just showed up with a gauntlet and was like, you know, I got back in time and just said, I'm a god. And I know, Banner, you're like, what about the other universes? Ain't my problem. Sounds very Captain America of him. Um, I think this holds up a lot. For me, Michael J. Fox is very charming, even though with some of the stuff that he does gets a little bit skeevy, looking at other women and whatnot and all that. At the base of the film, he is very charming and charismatic, and that makes the film very entertaining from start to He's a pleasure. Yeah, uh, he's amazing. Yeah, he's adorable. Made, like, and it made the things that I think are very troubling in this movie not a little bit more digestible than they would have been had someone else been playing those parts. Because the, just the idea, the conceit of what he was saying to do to his mom and anybody else's coming from anybody else, that would have been an issue. Imagine Eric Stoltz him, saying that. Right. If Eric Stoltz said <laughs> that, I'm like... But if Tom Hanks said it... I'd be okay. <laughs> they might have filmed that and they watched the dailies and were like, no, we gotta, we can't. This is very rapey. I don't like it. Yeah. He's serious about what he's asking this guy to he do. He actually do this. <laughs> yeah. This became a not a joke. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like it's one of the few movies that has most, most, I'll say most of these problematic elements and sort of deals with the consequences there is a consequence to this bizarre assault plan in that like real assault happens there is a consequence to him being a voyeur in that marty is like get your shit together it's like one of the rare times where we are like okay all of this is terrible and we'll acknowledge it kind of it doesn't go fully into it but i think the reason i'm like oh well like okay it's not like the plan worked it's not like they did it and we're like 
great assault solution to problems but it did but it was the solution to the problem he he you know like that i in a way i i i i I disagree with it. I think that it it proved like some really weird narratives worked, and I I there was no consequence for a guy peeping Tom. There was no consequence for a guy that was attempting to rape somebody. There was no. I would say the consequence to be fair to be racist to this was he got to marry her. Well, to be fair, that version got erased from time. Well, I think yeah, that's true. I think that's where we literally canceled it. That's true. I think that's where also where this film sort of is is important to a lot of people's hearts because there's always this, this idea or this conceit in the back of people's minds like, oh, but if I could have done this or if I had done this, yeah. would my future be changed? And that's, that's a, at the heart, that is what the heart of this film is. So when you see the book in of what Leah Thompson is just pouring an entire glass of vodka and saying, you know, we all make mistakes and you know what that means and then get to the end and their life is completely different. I think people are seeing themselves oh yeah like, oh that would be yeah. something that i would like there's to a done. pretty big catharsis in that yeah. and especially yeah. at the very end of the whole trilogy where again doc brown shows up in this insane train <laughs> and jennifer's like doc i looked at the letter from the second movie when you abandoned me and marty was <laughs> fired and it's blank now and doc brown is like of course it is the future isn't written in stone it's whatever you make it and it's like, that's yeah. a nice letter. That's a nice conceit and theme. It contradicts with literally everything else you've said this entire time. Like, yeah. I, there's something <laughs> so chaotic about Doc Brown's arc where he, you meet him and he's like, Marty, I take science very seriously. And but then you meet him all. in the past. <laughs> yeah. And then you meet him in the past and he's like, Marty, Marty nothing I do works at all. Time travel will be it. And then by the third film, he's like, Marty, what if I told you we were gods? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's love, also- I like this film. I just think that the fact that it is for families is problematic. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That, that the, the, being PG is where it's dicey. The yeah. biggest problem with this movie is that the rating system was so different in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I believe I'm going to get it wrong. I, I, it was before the first PG-13 movie, I think, by a little bit. Oh. It was before Scarface, which was like, now we got to change the whole game. Which I didn't even know Scarface. <laughs> I'd only watched it on like TNT or something like that. So I didn't which know half of the stuff until I was much older. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. I remember people quoting Breakfast Club and the whole chicken can't hold the smoke thing. <laughs> And just like I don't remember that. Like, have you ever seen it in the theater? No. <laughs> yeah. that There's other stuff of... in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so I think I'll go around and now ask, knowing all of these, do we still like Back to the Future, Jenna? Do you still enjoy the movie despite its flaws? I do but with caveats like it was the way I reread um Anne McCaffrey is that I go back and I acknowledge in my head this was an issue and I try to move on to the rest of the stuff that I like but to be fair I have no children that I'm you know trying to I'm not trying to decide anyone's viewing at you know I'm in my 40s I can pick my own stuff so um so I may have a different opinion of it than people with kids would yeah, I think that's where I kind of stand. Like for me, yes, I still very much enjoy this film, and I and I do obviously know that there's some very problematic issues with this. If I were to sit down and watch this with a child or a, or or a kid, my child or even like my nieces or nephews, I would have to explain some things. I'd have to have some caveats, like yeah, this that is not okay, um, and you have to kind of go into detail, but. I think I would do it after they, to just to see how, what they respond to in the film, because sometimes kids may not respond to the, or may not even see like how I was blind to a lot of stuff that I didn't see. I don't want to bring attention to it if they don't call it out, but if they are aware of saying this, it's like, oh, I like when he was in the tree with that. I'm like, cool, that's a problem. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I was thinking about stalking somebody, Dad. Thoughts? It's <laughs> a hard no for me. Where do you stand on yeah. keeping time? I, maybe, maybe don't, maybe don't. I will say <laughs> that I like my memories. 
of of like the ride of like you know just like that kind of like feeling of time travel and i like that kind of like concept i think the movie for me is very problematic as a when i was younger i hadn't experienced the things that i have since experienced as a woman um and as a woman of color like uh so i feel like it's not something i'm really gonna sit and watch anymore i mean i might show it to my kids and have a conversation in the future um i do have a flux capacitor like game and stuff like that and i dig that kind of aesthetic but i don't know that i'm really in the in the space of mind to like let me watch it yay <laughs> kind of mine. yeah i I'm in a weird place because I'll probably still put it on fairly frequently, but I think it's also a movie that I know well enough now where it's like, it's just sort of there and I know the problems and I'll probably now, whenever I watch it, be like, isn't this shit kind of fucked up? But then the fun we have of like making the the space monster and the Darth Vader and the cassette tape and I'm a sucker for that Amblin music and that vibe. And I just love Doc Brown and Marty as characters, even in their flaws. I think I'm always going to relate a bit to the character who's like, my family might suck and you might not have any faith in me, but I'm going to pull this off. He also, and they shoehorn it in. Like he does sort of learn a lot. Like you do get to the third movie where he's like, maybe I shouldn't race that man. And I'm like, okay, I also, I, and the one thing I'll say, and I talk about this whenever I see the movie now, and I got to bring it up on this podcast. If there's one big problem with Marty McFly, it's how he parks that car. He gets that new car in that first movie. Yeah, that is the most problematic thing. (laughs) (laughs) Hear me out. When we open that garage, (laughs) car is on a full diagonal with the garage as if they built the garage around the car. How does he get it out? How did he get it in? This is a man who does not consider the other cars in his family, the dad who he just saved through time, the audacity. You're right. It is douchebaggery. I agree. It's like those fuckers who have Corvettes and are like, I take up three spaces vertically because my paint is nice. And you're like, my face i want to key those things on principle right? oh. I, one of the funniest oh. things one of the funniest things that i've ever heard is that tom hanks the nicest guy in the world right has this thing about people that don't move up into the intersection that are turning left yes. <laughs> like they don't move I up do he thinks day. they are the worst yeah. people in the world oh, I have this they day. are i the have this. cardinal sins of oh, yeah. people oh i thought it was a california thing because in illinois everyone does no. it because we don't care about pedestrians I'm in chicago california and los angeles okay i move up that is a douchebaggery you moved here oh. thing okay don't blame oh. me <laughs> three cars get through on the yellow three and three ca- it's like who, who was that politician that was like a car in every garage marty mcfly heard that it was like just one just one for me many you stu- oh you didn't even deserve to go back in time and change everything if that's how you're gonna park if i was doc brown and i showed up with my future delorean that needed fuel and saw that i'd be like marty marty something's got to be done about your fucking manners we're gonna go back and i will show you the life you could have had marty and now your dad's gonna be a loser again <laughs> yeah oh, that's the biggest you. problem <laughs> <laughs> mike trump <laughs> don't bark like a douche that's it that's why we can't make the film you know dominic toretto never does it that dude that dude appreciates family Fast and the furious crew is like everyone can park in this garage marty mcfly one fucking man army well that's because vin diesel's half black so (laughs) he plays world of warcraft it makes me happy he does play world of warcraft he's a big old i think that's i think that's the show guys (laughs) Uh, thank you so much for listening you can leave us your review wherever podcasts are sold your blockbusters your tower records your itunes mm-hmm. uh anastasia's so tired walden books <laughs> uh jenna where can the good people find you you can find me on twitter and instagram at jenna bush b-u-s-c-h like the beer not the president um, and you can find me at Jenna Bush 13 on Facebook or Jenna Bush public page. I look at both of them. Um, and I please 
I'm not the former president's daughter. I have it in all of my profiles and no one seems to read that before they tweet at me. Don't send me pictures of your grandchildren. I don't care. I'm sure I they're adorable. It's just that in 2004, I had to deal with both Bush beer at terrible high school parties uh-huh. and that uh-huh. president. That's a lot. That's a lot all at once. Oh, it was so much. <laughs> so much. Uh, but you can also, um, I've contributed to 11 books in the Psychics book series. Um, we've got Star Wars psychology, Game of Thrones psychology, Joker psychology, Captain America versus Iron Man psychology. Um, and I think I have a panel coming up for Dragon Con, but I'm not sure yet. If so, I'm sure it'll be on the site. Yes. Great. Those things. And Anastasia um, will tell you about our podcast. Yes. <laughs> oh, she will. <laughs> oh, I will. And you can. Oh, <laughs> yes. is, that, is that my cue? I, was... ah. I talked a lot. Hi, <laughs> you can find me at Anastasia W on Twitter, at Anastasia Wash on Instagram, Anastasia TV on YouTube. And me and Jenna do hysterical which you can find on all of those uh apparently brick and mortar uh podcast buildings also online um that's where they are yeah, yeah. and uh podcast mart, podcast mart. Uh, <laughs> and i believe they call it pod and go pod and go right and uh also i do uh serial killer um which uh, is also on all of those podcast um accessibility things and then, of course, Terrence is at Terrence Tatum, and I'm at, as always, Blake. The two of us do a show called Hollywood Already Did It about movie reboots and remakes and sequels. And the three of us, Blake, Anastasia, and Terrence, do a show called One More Drink. That's a non-topical conversational podcast that right now is about our various first times, which always sounds dirty, but it yes. really is just like first album. I like it a little bit, though. People are like, really? And I'm like, no, we talk about the first album we bought. How can we do a whole season <laughs> on just our first time having sex? Like, that's just... Yeah. That's like, not, not, it's gonna be I was just going to say, you guys did better, better than I did, because, wow, that... <laughs> Not no, no. I think there are a lot of podcasts. Talking about it would be shorter than it happening. Yes. <laughs> uh, I do another show called How Do You Figure about uh, action figure collecting and collectibles. Terrence also does our uh, Hollywood Already Did It YouTube channel, our offshoot of our podcast. That's probably everything. The show, of course, you can find on all social medias at You Can't Do That Anymore Everywhere. And that was it. Jenna, this was great. Thank you so much for Thank joining us. Thank you for us. having me. That was so much fun.